The following production is part of the We Be Geeks Podcast Collective. Network. For more Red 5 Network podcasts, visit red5network.com. Microphones and headphones provided by CAD Audio. CAD Audio, expression through innovation. Produced with podcasting gear from Tascam. Trust your audio to Tascam. Sound thinking. to another episode of Wookiee Radio. It is the Smugglers 3. Ken, Derek, and myself, Mike. How are you guys doing? Did you play the intro? I did. I didn't knew, hear it. Yeah, we didn't hear it. So your new soundboard may not set it, be set up exactly the way you thought it was. I'm not hmm. using the new soundboard. Hold on a second. All right. So we're back. Brief. <laughs> seamless for you guys. Painless or very painful for us because we derailed. During the downtime, I didn't feel a thing. Okay, that's because uh, he didn't hit that stupid. I'm not even bringing it up. <laughs> I have no clue what you're talking about. <laughs> mean that? Uh, it's a show, guys. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. um, yeah. As I was saying, how are you guys doing? It's been a week. Since last week, yes, it has. Uh, gonna put out there now, uh, Ken. You're not gonna be with us next week. No, I will not. I will be going and doing my yearly hanging out with the um, Wookies. Wookies or with the cannibals? I mean, Ewoks. They're not cannibals because they don't eat each other. Well, we don't know that for sure. Yeah, <laughs> but just true. because they eat humans doesn't make them cannibals. If they were humans eating cannibals, then eating humans, then there'd be a difference. True. True. So they're carnivores. It ain't memory. <laughs> um, it's memory something. Um, memory. All of us are told to have memory. Check out the homepage. Ain't that the truth? Support our partners. Like, go check out Sorcerer Radio, the Red Five Network, where you can find other Star Wars and geek-related podcasts as well. Of course, our own network, the We Be Geeks Podcast Collective. Uh, tag you heard at the front of the show. Um, our partners, uh, Biddy Boomers, use code WeBeGeeks, 15% off your purchase. Uh, use code WeBeGeeks for 15%, not $15, 15% off your first, your purchase at Biddy Boomers. 15% off your first purchase at Heroes and Villains with the same code WeBeGeeks. Check out our T Public store. 
I just put up a new graphic today or a new image today, guys. It's for sale. It is the Spire Locals Locals list. It's all the names of the business owners in Galaxy's Edge at Black Spire Outpost in Arabish, except for one. What is that one in? I'm looking at it now. That is language. That is Ethorian. Ah, okay. The only Ethorian on site, Doc Ondar. So I thought it turned out pretty cool. I've seen some people do it where, oh, it's like four or five names. I'm like, there's a lot more names than that. So I wanted to make sure everyone got attention. So check it out. Um, support. Uh, if you go to the Weeby Geeks Podcast Collective, check out Ripped Apparel. Uh, they got some good deals going. Uh, go over to Mighty Marvel Geeks and wait, do I have something up for Anda Seat? I need to talk to Andesi about possibly do, getting a Star Wars license for gaming chairs. Um, but Andesi's got some great gaming chairs if you're looking to get a new new chair. Um, superhero stuff with their hero boxes, some great stuff there. I think right now they have a dark side Star Wars box going on. So yeah, check out the homepage. I am only behind two episodes of getting caught up. Well, three episodes after this week's show. So yeah, I, I'm, I'm getting there. I, I am finally getting caught up. So, um, am I missing anything? I don't think so. Am I? I don't know. I don't remember. Uh, I would I would promote Dracicity, which is our other web store. Uh, but I just got word that um, because of the pandemic and a lot of their suppliers are short-staffed and everything else, um, they are having to shut down that store. So, wow. yeah, it's too bad, which inspired me to really start working on some new stuff for T public. So I've got a few other things coming around uh, for T public that I'm looking at. So it'll be cool. Um, speaking of cool, y'all got caught up on uh, this week's episode uh, or this past episode of uh, Bad Batch, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> five or six days ago yeah i didn't have to catch okay. up i was there first day i was there first day too but um just being curious some people they don't get caught up and it makes it hard to to do it but it's been almost a week so you know what spoilers out the window sorry it's gonna happen that's every week for us we spoil it every week yes we do yes we do so um this week I don't know, anybody who watches or listens to like a Star Wars podcast um and gets upset about them spoiling Star Wars stuff or a general geek podcast and gets upset about them spoiling something that they say they're gonna do anyway, those people need to pay attention to what it, are you listening to? <laughs> yeah, seriously. We don't hide it. It's in the name, Wookie Radio. <laughs> we're gonna talk about Star Wars stuff. So we're not talking Star Trek Discovery's latest episode. No, oh, but it was better in season three than it was in season <laughs> two and one and two. It was much better. I, well, I hope I'll have to take your word on it. I, I, well, first of all, I don't have the streaming service. But second of all, I've only watched, I've only been able to get through half of season one. And I was like, eh. Season three actually started to feel a little bit more like Star Trek. Not perfect, but it was, it was more than the first one. Hmm. Okay, that sounds promising. It helps that they move. They jumped into the future, way way off into the future, so they don't have to worry about what they're doing affecting everything else in the world. Mm. Okay, I already felt like it wasn't. <laughs> well, uh, 
the Bad Batch or Clone Force 99. Uh, they arrive at Ord Mantel back from another mission. And Sid's parlor is uh, busier than usual. And there's a new security team that greets, greets them at Sid's office door. It's only one. Yeah, they think they're going to stop the Bad Batch guys. They, <laughs> they're kind of funny. You see the new security group, and all you can think of is... I have a really bad feeling about this. The security group looks at the Bad Batch, and all you got to say is... Good luck. Sums it up. Yeah. Those people try to stop you. They need, hey, hey, Wrecker, can you open a door for us? <laughs> uh, once inside, hmm. they, they find out Sid is gone, and in her chair is a young Devorian. Uh, Sid's out. The par- This parlor and Ord Mantell are now my territory, he says. Um, but if you're looking for work, I may have use for you. But instead, the Bad Batch take their leave. Sid is waiting for Bad Batch, though, at the Marauder. So you boys met Roland, she says. He's a former client and son of the crime boss, Isa Durand. Roland's trying to make a name for herself by trying to join up with the Pikes. Uh, she explains that... Uh, she explains that Ord Mantell is connected to multiple hyperspace routes, ideal for smuggling. Uh, Roland took over Sid's parlor because it's right in the middle of the action. Uh, Sid's wanting the Bad Batch to help her get her parlor back, threateningly reminding them that she knows their secrets. However, Hunter's dubious. Omega is eager to assist uh, as she wants help them. Talking about Sid helping them. Sid's plan is to sabotage a deal between Roland and the Pikes. Uh, she leads the Bad Batch to an old mining tunnel, which they use to sneak into her office. Using the mining cars to travel through the tunnels, Sid stops them when they arrive at a set of doors. When we pass through these doors, not a peep from anyone. We don't want to wake the hive. The secrets of the depth of Ord Mantell. Uh, as they continue really yeah, secretly Ord Mantell is on the backside of Geonosis. <laughs> yeah. They continue the journey when a sound startles Wrecker. He clumsily drops his flashlight into the ravine. As they pause, growls and chatterings can be heard somewhere in the distance. And yet the picture that StarWars.com uses of this for this slide is of Ruby and not what they discover in the hive. What the hive. Um... <laughs> they've got these pictures backwards because the next picture is what should have been previously because the description is the group presses on until they finally arrive at a ladder leading to Sid's office. Meanwhile, catch leads Ruby now Roland's pet out of the parlor and captures her with Bolo. Roland's soldier search for the creature and catch gives the all clear signal to Sid and the bad batch. The bad batch head into the unoccupied office and locate Roland Spice. They quickly bring it down into the tunnels. Outside, Ruby manages to escape from her cage and begins to shriek. Catch and Bolo make a run for it, while Roland's goons follow. And I love how uh, Bolo's the Ithorian, right? Or is that Catch? Uh, I don't remember which one. Sure, which actually. The Ithorian looks like the original Kenner Hammerhead action figure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Which didn't we see him in um, in the episode with Ahsoka and the sisters, Cortez sisters, when they break everyone out? I wonder if this is the same Ithorian. I don't know. Uh, Roland returns to his office to find his spice gone. Enraged, he quickly deduces that the ex- 
thieves escape down the mining shaft and order security to pursue. The Bad Batch are able to defeat the enforcers, but they make a lot of noise in the process. As they approach the doors, the group again hears rumblings and strange sounds. Sid, I don't like this, Omega says. Suddenly, a s- swarms of large bug-like creatures fly upward. Tech realizes that the creatures are avoiding the light and encourages the team to use their torches. Sid's dismay, the animals grab and drop the spice containers. Finally, they make it through the doors, which Wrecker closes tightly. Uh, Roland interrogates Ketch and Bolo, and they do not know where, but they don't know where Sid took the spice. At the moment, the Pikes arrive, seeking their product. They are pleased. They are not pleased to learn that it was stolen. Uh, when Sid and the Batch return to the parlor and find re- Roland's forces defeated, um, the Pikes have led Roland away, and the young Devorian says that Sid is the only way. That as they're leading him away, um, Roland says Sid is the one that they want. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Sorry. <laughs> when Sid claims to have no spice, the Pikes prepare to kill everyone present. Hunter, however, intervenes and says they know where the spice is. They ultimately agree to leave Omega with the Pikes and go retrieve the spice. Tech informs the team that the creatures they encountered are called earlings, nocturnal insects with visual sensitivity to thermal thermal registers. It will be best if they strike before it will be best if if they strike before nightfall. Sid volunteers to go with Wrecker into the caverns. I got the kid into this mess. I will get her out. Sid and Wrecker descend into the mine and quickly find a crate. Meanwhile, Omega and Roland are sitting with binders in the parlor. They begin to talk. Wrecker and Sid finally find the last crate. As Hunter begins to pull them up, Wrecker's line gently taps a precariously tilted mining cart, sending it crashing downward. The earlings, awakened by the noise, soar upward. Wrecker calls for help and tech calmly provides a solution dropping a charge into the cavern that activates a flashbang. The creatures scurry away, and Sid and Wrecker make it back to the Marauder. Sea muscles, Sid says, that wasn't so bad. Uh, when the spice returned, the Pikes deemed the matter resolved, but not with Roland. Omega and Sid try to intervene, but the Crime Lords will not hear of it. The leader brings down a blade, cutting off one of Roland's horns. Mm, where have we seen this before? Rebels? I can't remember the... I don't remember. I don't remember his name. Oh, he's the one that, oh, doggone it. Characters from Rebels. Reoccurring characters. Is it Devar? Oh, oh, shoot. What's his name? Visago. Did Visago only have one horn? I believe so. Sicatro Visago. Now, I know the broken horn game. Yeah, he has only one horn. Hmm. His horn is broken. It's on the other side. No, because it's the other side. They cut off Roland's right horn. He he has his left horn that's cut or broken. It's the broken horn syndicate that he's a part of or was the leader of. So so maybe the syndicate was, came about because of broken horn Devarians. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> uh, so after the, the deed is done, Roland says it's a small price to, put, to pay. Omega returns Ruby to him and Roland leaves. Hunter asks Omega why she stuck up for Roland after what he did. He goes, I don't know. Uh, Ruby likes him. Maybe he's not all that bad. So trivia from this episode. Uh, Ruby, the reptile creature treasured by Roland, first appeared in the seventh episode of the Bad Batch Battle Scars. 
In that episode, the Bad Batch were sent to retrieve a rare and valuable lizard. I think I vaguely remember that. It's been so much to process. Um, Roland and his guards were a symbol denoting their affiliation. The same symbol can be seen on Duran's spice packages. Ah. To me, it almost looks like the same logo as uh, as Hondo. When are we going to see Hondo? That's true. Uh, the Pikes. Oh, he's going to show up at some point. Uh, the Pike Syndicate debuted in Star Wars The Clone Wars has since appeared across various forms of Star Wars storytelling, including film, comics, and books. Uh, so we saw him in the Clone Wars. Uh, I know season seven for sure. Darth Maul number two. Uh, Star War- Solo, a Star Wars story. I don't remember the pike there. Would that have been on Kessel? Yeah. Maybe. They run Kessel. That's right. And then, of course, the Bad Batch. The pike enforcers feature a new tactical armor. No. Okay. This is off. This isn't the Pike Enforcers. Actually, they might be because remember, Visago is trying, or not Visago, the, um, uh, what's his name, is Roland. trying to get in with the Pike. He's working for the Pike right now, so they may be providing his security. Yeah. That's true. Uh, Catch and Bolo play a new card game in this episode. The cards feature a shape and print unique from other cards seen in Star Wars. Wonder if this is a, a new version of Sabak. Could be something. Entirely new. Could be. Could be. So that is the trivia from this. So um so what'd y'all think of the episode? I thought it was cool. I liked it. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, It was a good episode. It was almost like an off episode though, compared to the speed they were building and building and building, and then this one was I mean, it was cool, but it it seemed more of a uh, mid season episode than towards the end. I mean, we only got what, three episodes this was number twelve? Yeah. Four episodes left. I thought, and with the last two being working together, I thought we were building towards farther. Actually, I want to say this was 13. I was expecting this to be like almost an hour long, and it's not. So I'm thinking we're getting 16 episodes. Yeah, well, everything we've seen so far has said 16, so. Right. Yeah. Uh, Let's see here. No, this was 13. Yeah. I thought with the way 11 and 12 worked together, like I said, I thought we were going to be building for the last four. To the some climax at the end of it, but then it's like for the two built as a two parter, and then this drop that had nothing to do with that one at all. Right. It's the pacing is just I'm trying to figure out the pacing for this series in general, and we're 13 episodes in. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I I, I, I don't know. I wonder if there's like an overarching storyline or not for this. Or is this setting up something that we need for the last three episodes? Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Possibility. If this next episode's it, I'm going to be disappointed because it does not set up right for that, you know? Mm. So, um, so yeah, I, I enjoyed the episode. I, I just hope this isn't, if this is the beginning of the next to the last episode. Then I think this is going to be a, a great disappointment. And not allowing um, allowing things to be done. I, I don't think it would have a proper ending. Unless it's setting something up with the pikes. True. True. That's what I said. They, unless this is setting up the pikes or um, uh, what's his name's mom's co- syndicate. Something that's going to affect what's going on for the rest. Could this potentially uh, be setting up maybe heading into a... Um, Star Wars Underground, 
and that show being animated instead of live action? It's possible. <sighs> yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I don't it's possible. Because really, this didn't add any new um, syndicates or anything because we already know about the Pikes. Um, the other one is Roland's mom is like, I'm trying to find out, did they actually ever name what her syndicate was and, or what her gang is? Who's mom? Mm. Roland. He's a former client and so, oh, the crime boss, but it doesn't say what her, um, I don't know if she's with the Pikes or who. Issa Durand, but that doesn't, that's not the name of her gang. Yeah. So I don't know. Yeah. It's a little late in the series to be adding new um, recurring characters. Just a wee bit. Yeah. I mean, it, knowing the way they've done Star Wars animation and um, the series is so far, we're going to be way out left field. I mean, they, they're going to bring it together correctly, but it's weird because I'm, I'm confused going into where we're going to go into the end of this. I think we Especially all, since we don't even know if there's going to be um, another season of this, or is this a one-off? Right. See, I think everyone's hoping there's another season of this. I hope so. I really, I really, uh, but I enjoy but it more I th- than I thought I would. But I think everyone's only is planning that this is going to be a one and done, so they don't get their hopes up. Yeah. Right. So I wouldn't mind a one and done if we get more one and done series that are filling the gaps behind all this. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But with this group, they deserve more than a one and done. Like I said, and like we talked about off and on, this is a, uh, this is the star Wars version of the A team. Yeah. And they're, and they're playing also, it so much take, like that. You really don't want to take a chance of them possibly, um, overseeing their welcome also. Cause a team like this could very easily, um, the idea of it gets stale, right? Because they're not, not right. like uh, rebels. You had a group that was put together and doing this stuff like this, but we saw they were moving towards the rebellion. These guys are hundred percent on their own mercenary. So it's like, where is there? There's, we don't see where they're moving towards. Are they moving towards anything? Or are they just going to continue to survive? If the whole thing is just, they're out there surviving that could very easily get stale very quickly. Oh, right. they have another mission. Right. Oh, there's another mission this week. Yeah, but, you know, for me, I'm okay if we get one more season and we find out that their missions they're doing are starting to help out a cell of rebellion, a cell of the rebellion. And then we, and we find out at some point that they either join the rebellion in some manner or they continue being... Bounty hunters slash mercenaries slash smugglers. See that second half. Well, there, I think there's is, also. I mean, not bounty hunters. They become mercenaries slash smugglers. Yeah, there's also the now we have the whole aspect of um of crosshairs actually hunting them down now as well. Yeah, that's that's been three episodes since we've really seen that advance. Right. Or no. No, he was in the last one, but it really. This is the this is the first episode. Yeah, they didn't have anything. That to do they with didn't him. have anything yeah. to do with him since since he has been given the the command of. Mm-hmm. Well, building on your idea there, though, Mike, um, the second half of that, where uh, I would not be have a problem with this having nothing to do with the rebellion, and this uh, maybe we get another season because um, of the involvement of Sid in this. And we move more towards learning more about, like you said, the underworld or a 1313 situation or um, 
more of the stories that were uh, laid out in Solo also. Yeah. What's Black Sun doing? What's Crimson Dawn doing? True. Right. These guys could move in that direction. If they're staying mercenaries and smugglers, they're going to be working with that whole underworld situation. True. Because we already have, uh, we saw a rebel, all the shows to this point have um, somehow worked um, tangentially in uh, parallel to the main story of Star Wars, the Skywalker saga, as that they eventually called it. Right. This one is the first one that, that I remember that is totally outside of that. This has nothing to do with the Skywalker saga. Right. But so it does have to touch the rebellion. It, it does, does have hmm? it does have um it does involve the beginnings of the Empire, so Yeah. It'd be cool to see more of that without I, the rebels, you know? I still kind of have it in the back of my heart, back of my head, both, whatever. Um, I want to see the Bad Batch team back up with Rex one more time and maybe bring Cody in as they rescue the majority of the clones from a fate of the Empire. I don't know, because I don't think Cody flips back. I think because Cody um, turned on Obi-Wan, remember? Right. Oh, right. So that would be interesting if they hook up with Rex again and Cody steps up with Crosshair and you get... True. Back to brother versus brother again. But I would love, I would love to see where you know maybe it's something where tech creates some instead of the the way to remove the device surgically, he's able to come up with a uh, a type of um, EM, EMP that targets just that just targets the chips, mm. and they try and save whatever clones they can. Because at this point in well, time, we so- still don't know what happens truly to the clones. I'm guessing yeah. the I'm guessing the Senate Guard, the clon- the well, clones with the that were white and red, become the are part of the group that become the first Royal Guard, Imperial Royal Guard. Yeah. Well, also you got to remember, um, Camino is still turning out clones, still training clones. So how many of those right. have not got the programming yet? This is true. And what happens to these clones? The ones that are still being trained, those that are slowly being decommissioned. Where are they going? What are they doing? Mm-hmm. They have this farm in upstate. <laughs> They're just sent off to the farm. There's this huge solar <laughs> power moisture farm on Tatooine. Where's so. that? It's just way out there. Don't worry about it. You can't find it. <laughs> <laughs> Don't bother looking for it. So Just trust me. They're there. Um, They're living out there. San Diego Comic-Con. And they're very happy. <laughs> San Diego Comic Con from home, uh, or, San, saying, or Comic Con at home. Such thing as San Diego Comic Con this year. Yeah. Well, okay, that brings up an interesting question: Is there, there really was barely Comic Con at home? Is there really anything as or anything known as San Diego Comic Con anymore in the true sense of the word? I think not Derek and I, at the moment. You and I were talking. I don't know about if you this. call it a comic con anymore. It's a pop culture con now. And that's what Derek and I were talking about last week. Yeah. We big geeks. It's not a con anymore. I mean, it truly. Well, it's it a Hollywood. No, it's a, no, it's, a Holly, it's a Hollywood showcase. There's really nothing. I mean, yeah, comic companies are there, but they're not really there. No, if you want to get comic book news, you go to New York. Right. Yeah. Or C2E2 or any other shows run by, by Repop. Yeah, or WonderCon or most of the... Well, 
Some Even, of the wizard, depending on where it's at. WonderCon's run by San Diego Comic-Con. Yeah, but they still have a lot of comic book presence of that one. Mm, it's, I think it's slowly dying. But the, the one thing that WonderCon has always had going for it is it's the first, generally seen as the first con of the year, the major convention. No, no, WonderCon. Wait, is it in the Wonder beginning of the year? Uh, January, February, I think February, mid-February. Or, Mar- or early March, either way. No, I thought it was later in the year. No, WonderCon's always early. Because it used to be um, in L.A. Or right. no, it was San Francisco, I think, then they moved to Anaheim. Right. All right. Because a lot of times WonderCon is where they announce what's coming for the year in general or tease everything. Yeah, it's in March. March every year. It's the first, like I said, the first major convention every year. Mm, I would put Emerald City before. It's getting there. It's not quite to the same level as like a WonderCon or New York or San Diego. No, Emerald City is one of the big ones. It, it's 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 a top. It's it comes out before it, it. Emerald City, I believe, is a February show. Now the first, typically the first show of the year is Wizard World. Which uh, one? New Orleans. See, I don't count the Wizard Worlds as the major ones because Wizard World is at, at this point has become an autograph show. Pretty much, yeah. But I mean. It is. It typically is the first show of the year. It's usually right there around New Year's. Yeah, but when you're looking for um, news coming out of what's coming up and things, WonderCon's the one you got to. You have to see the panels. Yeah. Even like Emerald City. Emerald City is more of a, it's a, a large scale classic Comic Con. So you get panels about um, about books. You get to meet all the creators and stuff like that. But you don't have the companies dropping all the news and hints of what's coming. Right. That's where, like I said, that's why I said like a WonderCon is your first big um, industry show of the year for comic books. Then you get to, because basically you get the big, that's part of what I would call the big three, really. It would be um, WonderCon, San Diego, and New York. I'm trying to think what else I would throw in there. DragonCon maybe, but that's more of a um, for the fans. Yeah. I wouldn't mind doing a DragonCon one year. Uh, Kylan and Dawn have done it. They loved it. It's an incredible show from what I hear. Absolutely incredible. Mm-hmm. So, um, anyway, getting back to Comic-Con at home, uh, they did a panel talking about the next wave of books and comics in the High Republic that will be coming as of January 2022. Uh, This was during the Lucasfilm publishing panel. Um, The half-hour conversation was hosted by the High Republic show's Christina Ariel, who uh, we may be getting on the show. Oh, really? Yeah. Cool. Uh, authors Kevin Scott, Daniel Jose Older, Justina Ireland, Charles Soule, and Claudia Gray. Um, so here are the 10 highlights from that panel. Number one, when Kevin Scott wrote The Rising Storm, his wall looked something like a detective's office. They said, this is how I start all these kind of projects. I have my maps on the wall as if I'm about to find a serial killer where I list everyone, the major characters, and where they end and where where they were at the end of Light of the Jedi or the other books and comics. Hmm. So basically where they need to be at the beginning of the New Republic Fair and then where they need to be at the end. Uh, number two, the Jedi and Laura D are in trouble. Asked to, to tease the future of his ongoing storytelling in the Marvel Star Wars, the High Republic comic line. Scott hinted, a Jedi joins the storm. Um, and as for his audio original drama, which comes out at the end of August, 
Tempest Runner, Laura D is behind bars. Uh, now, speaking of Tempest Runner, I have, they announced as well, they announced today as we're recording the cast for the Tempest Runner. Ooh. Jessica Almazi well, as Lorna D, Dan Bittner as Counselor Wittick, Orlog Cassidy as Ola Hest, Sullivan Jones as Bala, January Lavoie as Tazia, Kathleen McInerney as Counselor Fry, Tara Sands as Seston, Vickis Adam as H709 and Riley, Jonathan Davis as Adric Keller and Asgar Rowe, Neil Helgers as Kasav, Udiah D and Jano, Saskia Marvelid as Parr and Ava Chris, Sonella Nakini as Muglin and Keeve Trennis, Mark Thompson as Pan Ida, Skier and Marshan Rowe. Oh, what do we know Marshan Rowe for, from? From the other books. Marshan Rowe, remember, is the guy, well, it's oh, spoilers right, for right. High Republic, but. <laughs> he's one of the common threads holding yeah, all the books together. He's one of the store, or one of the Night Hill. That's right. That's right. Because well, I'm not uh, sure where everybody's at. So, uh, Shannon, Shannon Teo as Quinn and Nib Asik. Well, I definitely recognize a couple of those names. Uh, books. Audiobooks. Jonathan Davis, Mark Thomas, and um, January Lavoie have read a bunch of the Star Wars audiobooks. Yep. Book goes on sale so August 31st. Voice. Sorry. Oh, you're fine. So so those yeah. are all, those ones are definitely big names in Star Wars audio. You know, I'm going to see if we can set up. No. We find set up interviews with the cast of this after uh, the book releases. Yeah. Just to talk, you know, see if we get a couple of them on as a group, talk at, talk about the experience. This also tells me because um, that this definitely was done by um, Delray. No, Penguin. This is not made, this is not made by um, or it's the Penguin Random House, which is all Delray. All of those are together, and it's not done by like an Audible or someone like that. No, this is Penguin. Because these are all people who work for the company, not for someone else. Yeah, the, the publicist is with Penguin Random House. Yeah, which is the parent company for Delray and all that. Yeah, so uh, number three, we haven't seen the last of Ram Jamarin. Uh So to not spoil this, Older said with a laugh, the Padawan and mechanic will be a part of the story. That Older wrote for the August free comic book day issue of IDW Star Wars, The High Republic Adventures. It's directly tied into the book Race to Crash Point Tower. Uh, Older said, we see more of him, Lula, and Zine in their adventures and the Bonbrax. Please don't forget the Bonbrax. Their adventures continue during the Republic Fair, and there's a lot more RAM to come. Uh, number four, Older will pen a young adult novel in the era midnight horizon next year uh justina ireland's next book out of out of the shadows arrives next week and then in september her manga edge of balance will take us to a jedi temple outpost that will be cool first high republic manga that'll be awesome Uh, ireland says the story focuses on jedi knight lily torasi uh in the time after the great disaster where she helps resettle refugees uh and next year her middle grade reader will debut mission to disaster although she's still mum on the details she voiced exactly what we were thinking when reading those three words not ominous at all 
Uh, so number seven for Charles Soule, Light of the Jedi was the right book at the right time for the right audience. Uh, although he wrote it before the pandemic of 2020 or the, or the disease, the virus that shall remain nameless. Uh, when it arrived and landed number one on the New York Times bestseller list, it launched the new era of storytelling at a moment in our history when the pandemic was still dominating headlines. It was really the exact story that I wanted to put into the world at that particular time, the message and the tone and the fact that it was introducing this new era, um, which I think kind of sums up what, what he said when we had him on the show to talk about this, right? Or did, or no, we had him on Mighty Marvel Geeks. Or did we have him here? Yeah, we had him on. We had him on here, yeah. Okay, <laughs> I don't remember. So it's been so much going on. Um, it was really, it was exactly the story I wanted. To, uh, okay, I read all that. Uh, he still gets messages from fans every day, echoing the book's rally cry of hope. We are the Republic, and I was kind of glad. And it was the right kind of book to land at the time. I'm super proud of it. I'm really glad that so many people seem to. F- be finding it and finding their way into the high Republic through it again. I mean, I, I thought it was decent. It was a good, it was a good starter book to, to set the tone of what the high Republic era was going to be. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't think to me, it's not one of his, I, I wouldn't put it in one of in, in his top five or uh, was, in, in my top was, five. There was just so much. And I, and I, yeah, and there's so much going on in it. He had to, he, he yeah. had to, I mean, he was given a really tough task. Yeah. To introduce everything in this, introduce everybody. And, and with the task that he did, or, or the, in the task he was given, amazing job. I mean, I'm not discrediting that. It's just, I found it a little harder book to, to get through. Um, now, the man who connected the rise of Kylo Ren will take on another villainous origin story. In a new Marvel comic, The Eye of the Storm, uh, in two 30-page issues landing in January. Oh, geez. Those are going to be $5 books. Mm-hmm. Uh, Soul promised to expand on the very complicated backstory of The Eye of the Nihil, Marshawn Rowe. He's absolutely terrifying. He's charming in a way. You'll meet him, and he'll talk to you, and you'll have a good time. Maybe he'll buy you a beer, a space beer, I guess. But then, you know, the minute... <laughs> You leave the room, his face goes blank. It's just, it's all just a mask. Um, of all the new characters, Geode was the most fun and surprising, expressive for Claudia to write, Claudia Gray to write, which I think we talked about that with her as well. Uh, how we just love Geode. Mm-hmm. And Hasbro, where's our Geode Black Series figure? Well, that, let me see, but I think it was last week. It's in the, the backyard. The IDW um, comic series actually had Geode in it. Yeah. Because they had the vessel. Yeah. Uh, she says, I mean, the whole fun of the character is looking at the ways in prose that we talk about the character's reactions or interactions that aren't either body language or verbal. And there were actually a ton of ways that we do that. I hadn't even realized how many until I started playing with it. So um, next up, Gray will pin the third adult nar novel in the initiative as far as we know it's called the fallen star um so beginning january 2022 it looks like claudia gray with uh the fallen star from delray eye of the storm by charles soul with marvel 
uh, Mission to Disaster, Justina Ireland, Disney Lucas Film Press, and Midnight Horizon, Daniel Jose Older with Disney Lucas Film Press. So this would be what, phase two of the High Republic? Phase two. Look at the way they're doing this. Yeah, it's phase two. I wonder how far, I mean, obviously they have a um, whole outline of where they're going to end up at. I wonder how far along they plan on taking this. Uh, we know there's at least fa- three phases. Yeah. So it's going to go at least three years. And I, I don't know if phase two sets up that second, because they broke down too what it was going to be for each, uh, each thing. Each phase had different, has specific mission for different things or plot lines. And I don't remember what they are. So um, I know this doesn't mean anything to you guys specifically. For me, this begins hell because I'm traumatized by this time of year. That's back to school shopping. <laughs> Being a teacher's kid and all the stuff I went through, I hate back to school shopping. Hate it. Okay. My daughter loves it. Well, yeah. For she her, it's stuff. Christmas. For her, it's Christmas. She says back to school shopping is better than Christmas. Okay. Yeah, that's what I say. But StarWars.com has a list of back to school shopping guides. Star Wars back to school shopping guide. Um, well, summer reading doesn't have to end just because the school year begins. For those Padawans of yours that are going into the middle grades or middle school, pick up Race to Crash Point Tower uh, from Daniel Jose Older. Uh, it's a great book there. Uh, two, we talked about this uh, not too long ago. Went over this. A lot of the stuff's pricey, but the Star Wars collection from Aaron Condren. We said there were a few pieces we liked, but not at the prices they're selling them at. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Don't you remember the the different tablets and? Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um. Uh. Number three, Ahsoka Tano Cable Guy from Exquisite Gaming. I am actually got a meeting with them at the end of August uh, with the License Expo, Licensing Expo. Oh, yeah. Nice. They actually want to do a collaboration with uh, with Weeby Geeks, but I'm going, I'm going to talk to them about all the shows. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, first she protected the Republic, then she protected the Rebel Alliance secrets, now, Ahsoka Tano will defend your gaming controller or phone with her dual lightsabers, available only at Target. <laughs> so it's it's like a stand that you can put your devices on. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they have it for Star Wars, for Marvel, other geek stuff. Uh, this particular Ahsoka is based on the Rosario Dawson line. Um, now, actually, already available for um, pre-order. Really? Yeah, on Target.com, it's like twenty-five dollars on pre-order. That's not bad. And it's still available as of right now. Amazing. It's because it's not the type of collectible that collectors are after. Just saying. Um, that now, is cool looking. We we know your your kids come if they ride the bus or even when they get to camp get to campus, they gotta walk outdoors. And I don't know about you guys up north, because it's been so long since I've lived up north, but down here we still get a lot of the rain. We still get a lot of wind. What would be better than a stormtrooper and or another windbreaker from Heroes and Villains. Yeah. You got the TIE Fighter windbreaker, stormtrooper windbreaker, the Rebel Alliance windbreaker. It'd be great for your for your kids to have or even yourself to have for those days. 
They're lightweight enough. They'd be real easy to, I mean, they're a quarter zip, but they'd be real easy to, to pack up and, and put in, uh, put in your bag. Oh, and the, the new Planet Hoth collection is really cool looking. The Star Wars Wildlife Expedition Planet Hoth edition. I have missed There's that one. There's some really cool t-shirts. Is that on the homepage? Yeah, it's on. Um, it's right on the front page of Heroes and Villains. The Rex collection's nice, too. Oh, there it is. Ooh, I like the Tauntaun shirt. Mm-hmm. All these are great. Oh, they have multiple wildlife expeditions. That's Hoth, but there's yeah. a Tatooine one. Yeah. It's just Hoth and Tatooine so far. Hoth and Tatooine, yeah. The Rancor is one I would love to get for Tatooine. So, um, so yeah. So you got that from Herschel, the light side collection. You want to get your kids a new backpack, maybe a mini backpack. I'm not sure what sizes these are. Um, designs are inspired by Luke Skywalker and Princess Leia from Empire Strikes Back. And they're perfect for another adventure of another school year. Um, trying to see what size these are. It's a full-size backpack. It's collection Star Wars. Is it a full-size? Yeah, the Luke Skywalker yeah. is. Yeah, they, they have a couple different. They got the full size and then a cross body. It's not bad looking. Mm-mm. They do have a mini backpack based on Leia's outfit. Um, yeah. It's got the quilted look. Yeah. To me, I mean, this looks great. For me, it's just a little too white. I would destroy it. <laughs> it would get so dirty so quick. But they got a few other designs that are pretty cool as well. So check that out. Um, From Impact Merchandising. Star Wars Retro Figures t-shirt. I want this t-shirt. This thing looks awesome. I wonder yeah. if I could get it in any other color than black. I'm on the website now. Let me see. Size options. Too. No, this one comes just in the black. I'll still take it. Shirts aren't bad. 1898 to 2398, all depending on your size. Ooh, there's a couple of really cool Bad Batch shirts there, too. Oh, no. Don't get me started on that. <laughs> Don't derail me while I'm trying to complete a story. <laughs> Well, this is part of that because this is what no. else they have. No. Oh, um, here we go. From innovative, Vader, um, like Japanese Vader, Darth Vader underneath it. I think it, I think it's Japanese. I can't tell. No, it says Mandarin. It's Mandarin and Darth Vader and Mandarin. Well, that's cool. Oh, they have at least five pages of Star Wars um, shirts. I know. Don't send me down. I'm trying to finish a story here. You're gonna. You're gonna. See, <laughs> you see what he's doing, Derek? He's trying to derail me. There's a lot of these have the Asian posters. That's one of the t-shirts I want to get is uh, the, the uh, poster B with Japanese. Oh, they've got the Han and Chewie shirt. I had that in screen print as a kid in blue. Yeah. I would love to get that again. They, they have the um, Japanese New Hope poster. Yeah. There there are there's some shirts here that if I had the spare money, I'd be all over it. Except Melissa would have one problem. They're all black. No, there's some white ones. The New Hope poster I'm wanting is on page four, very bottom of page yeah, four. I told you. That's the one I want. Yeah. I would never wear a white shirt. They have I, one in red here, page two. It's a Star Wars manga shirt. I prefer black shirts. I wear black all the time. That's why Melissa doesn't want to see me in black. I don't I wear want black to, all the time, too, because that's what I like. <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't want a white shirt, but I wouldn't mind having another dark color shirt if that makes sense that's an interesting one yes like a navy blue or something yeah yeah such as i mean and with the uh 
Spire Outpost locals or the Spire locals list shirt that I put up today on or that image on uh, T Public. It actually looks good. I, it's all white letters, but it looks good on like a navy or a black shirt. Mm. So, um, to continue on, the Mandalorian Deluxe Activity Set from Innovative Designs. It's a metal tin that contains stickers, oh, pins, <laughs> coloring sheets, and more for the child on the go. Stormtrooper AirPods case from Magnum Brands. Defend your favorite tunes with a Stormtrooper case to store your precious earbuds and charge wirelessly through the case so they're always at the ready. Uh, Princess Leia Reed tote bag from Out of Print. Uh, and then lightsaber text poster from Trends International. So some cool options there. Mm-hmm. It's kind of cool that, that the poster that they have there, the last one, because... It's got the long-lived resistance at the top. It's got the original Jedi Council logo on the bottom. Yeah. Well, it makes you wonder if uh, if Ray was going to bring back that uh, that logo. Remember, she has the original texts, and she was not really. She didn't have a whole lot of training before. She's actually probably had less training than Luke had. Yeah, it is more powerful yeah. than Luke had, is in many ways. Mm-hmm. So, um. Alrighty. Now I have one of these and it's awesome. I got it for Christmas. Are you tired of constantly hooking up your iPhone or your Android to a cable to charge at the end of the night? Indeed. Well, you can do like I do. Get yourself a Millennium Falcon wireless charger. Yeah, I've seen these. Uh right right now, thanks to GameStop, they currently have them on sale. For thirty nine ninety nine, as part of a twenty percent off deal. I don't know how much my mom paid for for mine for Christmas, but I love it. Uh, the charge pad looks fantastic. The thrusters even glow blue when your device is fully charged. Actually, it's kind of more like when you put it on the charger, it glows blue, and it can either stay lit to show that you have the connection, or you can leave it on the whole time and a pulse as it as it's charging and then keeps a steady blue when it's fully charged. I didn't want it bothering me the whole night. So I just have it where it, it stays lit for like five, five to 10 seconds and then gone. Uh, but while you're at it, you could get slave one star Wars, Boba Fett, slave one, the vintage collection vehicle at GameStop as part of their sale. Uh, it has been priced at one forty nine ninety nine since launching last year. Currently, it's in stock for one nineteen ninety nine with free shipping. Uh, as you've heard, the Slave One moniker is being dropped for most merchandise, choosing to re- refer to the classic vehicle as Boba Fett's Starship. So this may be one of the last major toys to officially use that name. So what do you guys think? Millennium Falcon's cool. <laughs> yeah. Oh, believe me, it is. And actually, using the name Slave One, and this makes sense since it's the vintage collection. That's what it was always called back in the day. Yep. 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 Again, as we've talked about, I don't see a problem with it. If you listen to the backstory of why it was called Slave One, it was to recognize those that were slaves in in the universe. So, I don't know. I think it's silly that it's being done that way. I still don't care. Okay. And that's where we go. I don't know. I just, 
I really, I'm indifferent towards it. <laughs> I'll still call it Slave One. For me, yeah. for me, it's still going to be Slave One, just like Disney Hollywood Studios is technically still uh, MGM. Disney MGM, which is where I started my career at Disney. So yeah, I can't change that. So uh, comicbook.com. This may be our last story of the night. Comicbook.com is uh, putting out some new casting rumors for the Ahsoka series. We oh, may yeah. we may have Ezra Bridger and Grand Admiral Thrawn. Um, rumor has it Mina Mossad is being cast as Ezra, uh, which is something we talked about because we heard this earlier in the year. Um, well, I'm not familiar with. But. He was in Jack Ryan in Disney's Aladdin. Neither of which I've seen. Uh, Ezra's harder. Ezra's a harder call to cast with his Lothal heritage, but Mossad is close enough to the concept of the sandy-skinned young Padawan. Not to mention, the actor has built up a lot of fans at Disney after Aladdin. Now for Thrawn. Where is Thrawn? Lars Mikkelsen. There, yes. According to LRM Online, Thrawn will be played by Lars Mikkelsen, who voiced the Admiral in Rebels. Uh, with his tall and thin statue and piercing eyes, he's a natural fit. And why not? I like it. If you could do it with Katie Sackhoff and Bo-Katan, why not here? Yeah. So... Uh, any final thoughts, guys? I, a lot of times these rumors, I just sit there and say, okay, if that's what you think is going to happen, that's cool. We'll find out when they officially uh, say yeah. Cause it, this will change. Yeah, if this, I, I think there's, yeah, unless it's something official, it's, eh. yeah, I think this is somewhat consistent though, for the simple fact that, um, this is like the second or third time where you've heard this and covered this exact story. Or this exact announcement um, in the last year. Yeah. So it's very well, easily could be a lot of truth behind this. And also, I could see we're all but confirmed that Thrawn will be in that. Oh, yeah. We've not heard anything about Ezra yet. But I, but I, why would, why would she be looking for Ezra? Or why would she be looking for Thrawn if she wasn't looking for Ezra? Right. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, any final thoughts? Uh, uh, yeah, I got one here. Um, I was reading this article about, uh, some of the secret facts of Star Wars. And this one's pretty funny. It says studio executives were unhappy that Chewbacca had no clothes and tried to have him redesigned with shorts. <laughs> oh, I've heard that one too. They always, they're wondering why the wiki had no pants. Go check out. Can you imagine that? Go check out one of the last, I, I think it's the very last year of Star Wars weekends, the Star Wars hyperspace hoopla. They put surf shorts on Chewie. <laughs> that, that's the reason why Chewbacca didn't have shorts. That is funny. Ken, any final thoughts? No, I think we've covered it for this week. Uh, I've got one last final thought. There is coming out. When is it coming out? Arrives November 2nd. It's the Star Wars Life Day Cookbook. Uh, I saw that on there. Uh, we have interviewed Mark Summerack, uh, but he's partnered up with someone new for this one. Uh, some of the samplings in it is a bantha stew, 
Phantom Milk Hot Cocoa, and a Mudhorn Eggnog. And there are a few recipes mm. in this. The Bantha Milk Hot Chocolate looks interesting. They have a picture of this. This looks cool. This looks pretty cool. Uh, the Mudhorn Eggnog. Oh, that looks so delicious. So, yeah. And they've got a couple recipes on here uh, on the article on StarWars.com. So, uh, I have already reached out to Insight Editions to see about getting Mark back and possibly get Jen, uh, Jen Fukukawa. Fujikawa, who is one of the the other co-writer of this co-author of this book, see if we could uh, get them on the show closer to release time. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah. If you guys have nothing else, then there there's only one thing left to be said. Give the evacuation code signal. All right, cut the chatter. Jet, I can hold it. Pull up. No, I'm all right. information vital to the survival of the rebellion into the memory systems of this R2 unit. I've lost R2. You have been well trained, my young apprentice. They will be no match for you.